Hello and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I have Mandy Thomas on the podcast. She's a financial coach and we're going to talk all about money. So you might be wondering why is this a topic on the Addicted to Healthy podcast all about health and wellness? But I'm gonna prove to you guys that it is a very important topic to address when it comes to your health and well-being and your happiness. Money is a big deal. And the way you think about money, how you handle your money, how you live with your money, it's so important and it ties into every aspect of your life. So I'm not gonna get into it too much, but we're gonna talk about many different strategies to really change your financial situation and how to approach money from a different point of view. So it's gonna be super actionable tips that Mandy's gonna give you guys today. And we're gonna go through lots of things that you might never have thought about. For instance, your mindset about money and how you think about money or how you were raised with money might be affecting your life today. Welcome Mandy to the Addicted to Healthy podcast. I'm super excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me on. So today we're going to have, we have a juicy topic all about money. I know that this can scare people. It's a scary topic sometimes, but I'm really excited to kind of bust through um, these questions and different concerns a lot of people have and to really kind of change their view on money. Because for me too, um, my kind of mindset around money has really shifted. And I know that I did have some coaching with you, which was really helpful as well. So I'm really, really excited to get into this. So Mandy, you're a financial coach who helps uh, women and couples. So what really does that entail? What do you do around coaching people? Yes, that's a great question because I know financial coach, it's still a new term. So a lot of people don't know what it is. So basically I'm like a personal trainer, but for your money. So what I help women and couples to do is to get clarity with their finances and to actually improve their financial situation and to end their anxiety around money. So I help people to actually learn like how to manage their everyday money. And when I say manage, I'm talking about just like the cash flow in and out of your account. I am not a financial advisor. We do very, very different things. So I'm helping people that, you know, before they're ready to go to a financial advisor, when you feel like you don't have money to invest, because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about learning how to actually handle the money in and out of your account and how to handle it in a different way than you've really thought about. And then also really infusing the money mindset in there, because that really affects the actions and the habits that we take with our money as well. So you mentioned financial advisor. What would a financial advisor do differently from a financial coach or from what you do? So a financial advisor, they're more going to help you with the wealth building over time. So that would be like picking investments that would be best for you, looking at insurances to make sure you have coverage, but they're not going to dive deep into actually looking at your numbers to see like what expenses you could reduce, teaching you a budgeting system that really works for you. And then also talking about like, why maybe you've been doing things that the way you have talking through maybe money blocks that you have. They're not, they have such a small amount of time with you that they really need to dive deep into the investments and the insurances. And I spend a lot more time with my clients and actually like walk them through the how to steps of actually improving their finances and looking at their numbers with them and troubleshooting it. And then also the, the mindset piece as well. Awesome. Good thing to clarify that. So you're obviously very passionate about what you do. Did you always kind of want to do this or did you kind of fall into it? What was your path looking like? 
So uh, definitely wasn't something that I thought I would do. Growing up, we were a family that we didn't have a lot and money was always scarce. And looking back at the time growing up as a kid, I didn't know that I had anxiety around money, but looking back now, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've had money anxiety for, you know, I had it since I was a kid. And so growing up, we didn't have much. So I knew that that meant that I had to manage whatever I had really, really well. So from a young age, I was really, really curious about money. I read so many different books. I just, I got, I really honed in on the management side of it. And I just found it was so, so fascinating. And then I went to school. I became a engineer because, you know, I thought making money would solve all those problems that we had Mm -hmm. growing up. And so I had a six figure income. And what I realized I was managing my money really well. I didn't have any debt. I had extremely high anxiety around money when most people would think that, you know, when you're making money really well and managing it, that you wouldn't have any anxiety at all. But what I realized was I was really great at managing it, but my money mindset, it still suffered. I was treating my life as if I was, you know, a kid when I was seven years old growing up and we were having struggles when that wasn't my situation at all. But I didn't talk to anyone about it because I felt like people would have really, really judged me because I was doing really well. And I just was worried that people would say, we wish we had your problems. So I just didn't open up about it. And for me personally, what that ended up leading to was a lot of digestive problems for about seven years. It led to anxiety and then my anxiety came out as binge eating. So it it led to a lot of health problems. And then because I just had such high stress around money, I eventually got really bad brain fog. And that was really the turning point for me was I felt like I was never going to get my memory back. And I was 24 years old struggling with it. And it felt like such, um, such a huge embarrassment. I felt so shameful and so guilty and it was just a really terrible time in my life. And so for me, what it was, was really working on that money mindset, really, really improving that. But when I went to school, I left my job as a power engineer, went back to school for holistic nutrition. And when I was away at school, I learned like the mind body connection, which I didn't think was connected at all. I thought that all my problems were, um, you know, there was something happening to me when really what it was, was all of that stress and anxiety that I was feeling I was holding inside of my body. I didn't open up to anyone. It comes out in other areas of your life that you don't really realize. And so for me, it was the binge eating. It was the anxiety and the high stress leading to, to the brain fog. And so for me, overcoming all of these problems and realizing, wow, my life, like I literally felt like I went from the lowest point in my life where I didn't know if I would ever get better to completely changing my health, everything about my life. And I felt like I finally had a second chance. And it made me realize that I had really special skills of the money management side and now the money mindset piece that I had to, I had to help other people through this. I went, if this was just the the experience that I had based on a perceived financial situation, what are the people who are actually struggling with their finances? what are they going through? And that made me realize like, I need to coach people through how to improve your finances because I don't want people to struggle as long as I did. So I just used my experience that I had went through and when I need to empower other people and really help to change their lives. Wow. So I can see you've been through a lot and I really like that you tie it into health and wellness. Of course, this is what the podcast is all about. And that's why I like to tie in I mean, all the topics that I get on the podcast. So you mentioned that you went through things like anxiety, binge eating, 
and health problems and that it was tied to your scarcity of mindset. So I'm guessing you see this a lot where it affects people's health. Um, but you also mentioned, of course, stress. That makes sense. If we're under a lot of stress, if we're broke, we can't pay the bills, then we're going to be under a lot of stress. We know what stress does in the body. But for you, it's, it was interesting because you mentioned that you weren't really in that broke place in your life. You had enough money. So how does our money mindset really affect us? How can you kind of tie in the money mindset to the body? Yeah. So when we aren't either managing our money really well, or we feel really, really scarce about it, and we, we either don't know what's going on with our money, or we don't have a plan of how we're going to manage it, we feel a really reduced sense of confidence that isn't just around our money. It extends to all areas of our life. And when we feel down about ourselves and we're constantly worrying, it is a huge stealer of our energy. And then that constant worrying can then lead to later anxiety. So our choices and habits also when it comes to food and food selection are really, really affected. And you tend to eat a lot better when you feel better about yourself. But when you're feeling down, you turn to foods that will more than likely you're looking for something that'll give you like a quick dopamine rush. So they tend to be higher in carbs and sugar. And then those affect your blood sugar levels, which affects our mood so much more than we would ever even realize. So, and when we are stressed about our money, we're often stressed in our relationships and not just our relationships with our partners, but with every single other person in our lives that when we feel like we're suffering, then we start to keep, keep to ourselves and we don't enjoy ourselves as much. And then, so that all spirals, um, really affects your mental health. But when you're really, really stressed, that takes such a huge toll on your physical health. And like I said, for the digestive issues, a lot of times what we're doing is we're trying to keep everything down. We're, we're not telling people how we feel. We're trying to pretend like maybe it's not as bad as it is. Um, when we're pushing it down, that's literally pushing down on our digestive system. And it can either come out, you know, as a lot of, a lot of different digestive problems. Yeah, I totally can understand that. And even for me in my life, I've seen that happen a lot too. I think money is a big stressor on most people's lives. But um, I also think that, that you mentioned with the subconscious beliefs. So um, if you can go into that a little bit, because as you mentioned, you kind of realize later that these subconscious beliefs are these beliefs that you had around money when you grew up, kind of caught up with you after, even if you were doing well in life. So how do we kind of realize if we have any limiting subconscious beliefs or if there are kind of experiences from when we were little that are following us today? And what's kind of the process that you go through to be able to let go of that? Absolutely. So the first step is just developing the awareness around why do I even feel this way? And so for me, I had to, it, I went to a lot of different doctors. I went to a lot of different um, alternative healthcare practitioners and I just wasn't getting any better. And it was when I finally started working with a coach one-on-one -on -one that I really, really opened up that that's when things started to change. But I needed to develop the awareness of why I was even feeling this way in the first place because I did not think any of this was tied to money for a very long time, about six years. I didn't even have the awareness it had anything to do with money. So the first thing I would say, honestly, is we need to like allow quietness in our lives to even find out 
where are these feelings of scarcity or like these deep fears and stresses, where are they actually coming from? Like what is the root of it? And so either if you're going for a walk and don't have any music on and just be walking and just like allow the thoughts to come to you. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Like you have to develop this awareness because we live in such a busy world that is so noisy. It takes, it's almost like a lot of us have turned our intuition off. We don't even maybe realize it's there and we don't really listen to it. So it's going to have to allow space for that to, you start listening to your intuition again. Journaling is one of the best things. I will be completely honest. I didn't do it right away when I should have, but when I did, that's when I started to make like the real breakthroughs. And most of the thoughts and beliefs that we have around money are things that we heard other people say, whether it was our parents, other family members, our parents, friends, under the age of seven. So that's something really important to know because then what I would say is write down the thoughts and feelings that you have around money and then question, is that actually your true belief or was it your parents? Like, did you hear your parents always say growing up that money is really hard to come by or that only greedy people have money or that, you know, money just always leaves you. Those were some of the things that my dad always said. And those were the things, or, you know, I can't afford it. I heard that a lot growing up. And so I see that one a lot with people that actually sometimes they truly can't afford something. They're just so conditioned to saying that, that it's the first thing that comes out, comes out of their mouth. And so just write down those things that you think and feel about money and then start questioning, where did that come from? Did you actually hear someone else say that? And then having that awareness makes it easier to detach from that and then replace it with something that is, you know, the opposite of that, something that's empowering and something that's going to support the way that you want to feel going forward. So you can meditate on it if you want, you can go for a walk, you can journal it out, whatever way feels best to you, but you need to have something that allows that space so you can even listen to the answers that you're asking. Awesome. So it looks like you coach mainly women, correct? Yes, I do. So it's interesting to see that in the workforce specifically, um, women are kind of making more breakthroughs. And I mean, we have more of a professional life than other generations and we're just kind of working with more money, I guess, nowadays. But how do women... How do you see women are sabotaging their money efforts or their, their ways around money or how they manage it? Um, how can they start to take control of their money situation today? And what are the common mistakes that you see specifically around women? Yeah. So what I see often when it comes to the sabotaging side, when they are wanting to move forward is one of the first things is seeing that there, a lot of women are buying things that aren't actually in alignment with what they really want or with what they value. And so the key here is to the awareness as to the true reason of why they're doing this. Like, so ask yourself, what do you fear will happen? Or what do you fear won't happen and why you're taking the actions that you are that don't align with, don't align with what you truly value. So also knowing that understanding that change is uncomfortable and often we do try to rebel against it, even when we do want that change. So finding ways to stay really present and try not to avoid the uncomfortableness and 
to let your brain know it is okay for you to experience the uncomfortableness of change. Because once you have gone through that at least once, you'll start to build up that confidence that you can absolutely get through it, that the change is not going to kill you. The change is really, really good for you. But the confidence will not come until after you've done it. So there is going to be that period where it's kind of uncomfortable because you're stepping into new territory that you haven't stepped into before, but that you are absolutely going to make it through. So figuring out things that will help you when you feel right in the moment of that extreme uncomfortable For me, when I was a perfect example was when a thought would come up about money and I would go into that scarcity feeling, my anxiety would go through the roof and then I would go and eat something like really high sugar and then I would feel better for like literally one second. But then after that, I felt now I felt guilty and I felt shameful about it and it didn't improve anything. So for me, it was allowing myself to sit in that feeling of anxiety for a little bit of time. So that meant, uh, I told myself right away, I had to go for a walk. I put essential oils on that helped to actually change my mood because smell is one of the biggest things that can affect us. So that's why the essential oils were really helpful. But what I would say is to get through the efforts of the self-sabotage is to, when you're not experiencing this, write down on a card, on a cue card, on a sticky note, have it in a couple of places that you can see often. Have what you will do when you're feeling that way Because when our brain is going into overdrive and we feel that anxiety, we're not trying to calm ourselves down in a comfortable way. We're we're turning to whatever the brain path is that we've established, which for a lot of people is, you know, either sometimes it's shopping, overspending, buying something online, food. Those are the most common ones. But you want to have that written out ahead of time so you can see it and go, that's right, I am going to go for a walk. I'm going to put some oils on. I'm going to get out of this environment that I feel this situation right now. So that's how you can extend those feelings of the uncomfortableness until you realize that that, that fear that you had, it is not what you think it is. It, there's actually nothing to be afraid of, but you need to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable at first. Totally agree. And I went through a similar situation with binge eating too. And it wasn't until you really face those demons and you get uncomfortable and you face that feeling that you start to make the change. And you mentioned um, activities like journaling, getting quiet putting out those action steps to take when you are in that moment. So specifically for mindset and changing those limiting beliefs. But are there any action steps that you can kind of give us for women who are listening to improve their finances right now that they could do? Absolutely. And I just want to add one more thing to the previous note that I had mentioned was if you're in that state where you're still not sure about the awareness, what I suggest to do is right after you have went through that situation, let's say that you did overspend, you did, um, and overspending can be in, in different ways. It can be, you know, you went and bought something, you did it online or food. And I think food is one of the biggest ones that we don't really take into account, but I see the backside of people's financials. So I see that as one of the most common, but what I suggest to do is if you're trying to build that awareness is write down after you went through that situation, what were your thoughts right before that? What was the environment? Who were you talking with? what was the conversation? Like what, what spurred that to cause you to feel anxious or cause you to feel scarce? So that's another thing if you're trying to build up that awareness, but three things that you can do to actually improve your financial situation right now. So the first thing you need to do is you need to get clarity with your financial situation. So the first thing that I recommend is to organize your expenses 
when they're either due or when they come out of your account from the 1st to the 31st of the month. And I know this sounds really, really simple, but what this does is it helps you. So as you're going through the month, you can see what's already been paid for bills and what still needs to be paid. So it makes it easier to see how much money is left to actually to spend. And I see a lot of people who don't realize that they've overspent because it wasn't like they went and they went on a shopping, you know, trip or anything like that or they didn't shop online. What it was, was they accidentally overspent. So yes, there was money in their account, but they didn't realize that they needed it for not just bills that month, but a bill that was coming up the next month that they don't normally have. So that's why it's so important to do this. The second thing is to switch your bills to auto pay. So it's so much easier for you. You don't have to worry about missing a payment because they come out automatically and the process is streamlined. And then the third one is actually, I get asked a ton about reducing groceries. That's one of the biggest expenses that people say they struggle with. And I have a lot of tips and tricks for that. But the number one thing that can help you to reduce grocery costs right now that works so well for my clients is to actually use cash for buying groceries. It's the fastest way to tighten your budget. And it's something that people can save literally hundreds of dollars a month. And the reason that cash works so well is because, so what I suggest you to do is to take cash out for groceries and eating out for um, a two week period. So you would do this twice a month. And as you start to see the cash go down in your wallet, you start to make different choices. All of a sudden those things that normally you would buy or would end up in your cart, all of a sudden they're not in your cart and makes it because we're making money tangible again. And when we swipe our cards, we tend to spend between about 12 and 24% more because we aren't seeing it tangibly. So that really helps to tighten that up really quickly. Love it. Those are awesome tips. So I do want to talk a little bit about abundance and spending. Uh, it's something that I've thought about and I've experienced in my life, but I also wanted to get your opinion on this. So when it comes to mindset and kind of the law of attraction, there's a lot of talk about kind of acting as if you're abundant and spending the money as if, et cetera, kind of acting as if you are that person that you want to be, that wealthy person. But where do you draw the line? Because I can see a lot of people kind of just spend this extravagant amount of money on something and just kind of say, and as an excuse, oh, I'm just being abundant, like the money will find me. But then on the other side, they're broke or, you know, they're not finding that money. So where do you really draw the line and find the balance between being abundant, quote unquote, and, you know, kind of changing your mindset to a positive one? and um, being smart with your money so that you don't just spend it all. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, it does. And I love this question. It is so good because I know manifestation, law of attraction, it is really, really um, trendy right now. And so you definitely need a balance. There's so many things that I think this is one of the problems is that people think that in order to feel abundant, they have to physically spend money, but there's so many other things we can do to feel abundant where we're not spending money. So think about the life that you want to live. Like some of the things that you want to do, whether that's having time to spend more time with family and friends or having more time to exercise, to get away, to, you know, to go hiking or things like that. Like think there's so many other things that we can do with our time and that we would, we say we would do, you know, when we have X amount of dollars do some of those things right now, like step into that version of that person. And the other thing is I want you to really think about, so think about it this way. If you're to go out and spend money that you don't really have to spend, and you think that that's acting as if, 
I want you to think about what are the emotions that you're actually going to feel. You're not going to feel abundant and high vibe. I can tell you that. That is because I'm seeing a lot of people now who have kind of lived a lifestyle of trying to put that out, but now their finances are really, really affected by it. And I can tell you that the energy that they feel now is very, very low energy and they feel really scarce. So let's say that they are someone who is now an entrepreneur. They left their nine to five. Now the energy that they're putting out is a very scarce energy and they are seeing that in their life. It's, it's, you do really have to balance it because I find you can feel a lot more abundant when you know that you have the money to pay your bills and you have a little bit of extra money. So let's say if your income is down the next couple months, you're still going to be okay. You put out a very different energy in the world. So what I would say is to journal again, write down what are all the ways that you can feel abundant in your life and not have to spend a ton of money or there's, or what you can do too is see like write down the things you would love to do that is an expense and see if you can do them in a cheaper way. Like let's say it's going and getting your hair done or your nails done. There are a lot of different aesthetic schools that you can go to and you can get services done there for so much cheaper. And I'm not telling you if you love your hairdresser, stay with your hairdresser, but maybe your nails, maybe waxing, different things like that. You can go somewhere else. So just write down the things you would love to do and see if you can do them in another way that is cheaper, that makes you still feel high vibe, but takes care of your bank account at the same time. I love it. Those are fantastic. I'm really glad I asked that question because it's something that I thought about too. And um, that really helps clarify the situation. So I know that for many people, there's a lot of anxiety around talking about money. How would you say for somebody who wants to kind of obviously tackle their money situation, but they feel a lot of anxiety around it. They don't really talk about it. They hide it. How do they start to feel more secure and open up about how they feel about their finances and their situation? Yes. So what I suggest to do is to open up to someone that you feel comfortable about. And sometimes it's not the people closest to you at first. I'm speaking from personal experience and also just from what I see when I'm talking to women who are feeling this anxiety is that the people that we really need to talk to about this sometimes aren't the people that are closest to us. We can't open up to them right away because it is such a deeply, like we are so, so deathly afraid of opening up. So what I suggest to do is I am all about coaches and I'm all about counselors. They say that the smartest people go for counseling and I do recommend it. That is how I first started was started going to a counselor first. Then I switched to a coach and both of them were really, really amazing. And what I found was opening up to someone that I personally didn't know was a lot easier for me. It took a lot of stress off and it felt like she wasn't judging me. And that's where I made my hugest breakthroughs was working with my coach, opening up to her and just being really, really honest. And then what it was, was I started journaling. And the other thing is if you are worried about being really honest in your journal, cause that's what you need to do. You need to be super honest to be able to overcome these really deep seated fears that you have and these worries type it on your computer and save it somewhere that nobody will find it. The other thing is you can, you can write it and then you can burn it uh, very carefully. So you don't burn yourself. But if you're, if you're worried about someone maybe finding it and worrying about that, go ahead and destroy it, shred it up, you know, but you, what you need to do is you need to get all those thoughts and feelings out of your body. That was the biggest thing for me that changed from the high anxiety and the binge eating to being able to overcome it was all those words that and those feelings I had around money 
they were just sitting in my body and that negative energy was weighing me down so much. When I opened up to my coach for the first time, when I said to her, okay, this is really why I'm feeling this anxiety that leads me to binge eating. It's because I feel so scarce around money, even though that is not my situation. And when I got off that call with her, I literally felt like I lost 30 pounds. It was incredible how I just, the way I can still feel how my body moved after that, because I felt like what I was trying to keep hidden from the rest of the world, it finally didn't have the power over me. And I know a lot of people are scared about journaling because then they feel like it's controlling them. No, you are getting, you're honoring that that's how you felt and you're getting it out of your body. And then you're able to choose new thoughts and to change your, your story that you have around money. So journaling is amazing talking to someone and then also when you've opened up to someone else it makes it a lot easier to open up to the people who are closest to you that you know a partner family members and so getting it out first to someone else sometimes makes it easier than opening up to the people that we know we really need to talk to and what about our situation with our family, our partner at home? You mentioned that um, we carry our limiting beliefs usually from growing up, especially from like family members or what we're hearing. So if people are always saying that I'm broke, can't afford it, you kind of carry that with you. So what if you are someone who is kind of opening up to this whole world of, you know, kind of different mindset and a more positive money mindset and you want to change those limiting beliefs, but your family or your partner isn't on the same page, what would you recommend in that kind of situation? So this is such a great question. And first I'm going to address if you're opening up to your partner. So the first thing is you need to allow yourself to feel vulnerable and it, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I want you to know exactly how it's going to feel. It is going to feel so uncomfortable, but the quality of your life is dependent on your ability to have uncomfortable conversations. And I wish that's something that I was told a long time ago. So you're going to have to allow yourself to feel vulnerable is the first thing. And many times we don't even open up about it because we are so scared of their reaction. That's all we're focused on. And what you need to do is you need to be selfish in this in right in this moment and you need to focus on you. So the big thing is, is knowing that the outcome that you want might not happen during that first conversation. And that's absolutely okay. Because for me, I didn't tell anyone for a really long time. They had zero clue how I felt. There was no way for me to think that me having the conversation once would just magically change everything. So I just want people to know that sometimes it does take multiple conversations and that is okay. You need to speak from your heart and just say how your financial situation, either now or when you grew up, how that makes you feel. And it's really important to say the words, I feel this way versus don't say that you did this or you didn't do this because then it's you attacking someone's character, but you saying how you feel that is perceived very differently by them. And they tend to be a lot better on the receiving end. So say how you feel about the situation and you need to be really, really honest about it. And that's what I find a lot of times in relationships that people are, are really scared to be honest. So I really want you to do that. So if it's affecting your mental health and your anxiety, you need to say that. If it's causing you to be really exhausted, worrying all the time, and then in turn reduces your sex drive, you need to say that. And men and women are totally different and we feel things differently in our bodies. 
often how we feel the stress from our finances is totally different how our partners are feeling this. And I know this because when people come to me, I have both partners fill out on you know a scale of one to five how their stress levels are affecting them. And I have not seen a single couple yet who rate their stress around money the same. They're often very, very different. And so you need to be honest and open and say it in a way that your partner will understand. So they love you so much and they don't want to see you suffering. So you need to explain it to them in a way that they see that, that they see that suffering that you're going through and not that it's coming across as a, a you nagging or that you've asked them to do this and they haven't done it. And so it's really important to think about saying it in a way that they can digest and understand it. And a lot of times what I found that does work really well is you just being super honest and saying how your mental or physical health is being affected by it. And then also ways that it's coming out in your life that is affecting them. So whether it is you feeling resentful about something and that's not really a turn on, it doesn't really want to make you, you know, um, more intimate in your relationship. So you saying that cause then they realize, wow, that's affecting our sex life. Like they'll be a lot more on board to improve something like that. Cause that's a direct effect to them. So really just thinking about it in that way. Another thing with your family is a lot of times it does take multiple conversations and it's just being honoring them that they did the best they could. Let's say it's your parents. They did the best they could when they were raising you with what they had. And they didn't have that knowledge at that time. Another thing is setting boundaries. So maybe there's certain things in your life you're not going to talk about with your family. That's been a really, really big one that I've noticed. That's really helpful is saying, you know what? I'm actually uh, not comfortable talking about this, or this makes me feel really crappy about myself. So I don't want to have this conversation with you. So setting boundaries, being open and honest, and just knowing that it's going to take some time to, you know, as you know, going through your own journey with your money mindset, it's taking you time to change your beliefs. It's going to take your family time to change how they interact with you when it comes to certain subjects. Love it. Definitely love all these tips. I think our listeners are going to love them as well. Um, these, this is obviously a big issue that a lot of people face around, you know, limiting beliefs and poor money mindset. So thank you so much for going through those with me. Um, let me know what you're working on right now. Um, what are you doing? What are you offering? Where can we find you, etc. You bet. So you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out the most. And it's at Mandy Thomas. Mandy has two Y's. You can also find out more about what I do on my website, which is mandythomas.com with two Y's again. And what I do to help people is I help them to get the organization and clarity in their finances first. And once they see what their financial situation actually is, and we've went through their goals, then I come up with a plan for them to what, whatever that looks like for them, but we come up with a plan for them. But then I know one of the hardest parts is people actually following through with it. And when they come up against obstacles, so then I offer additional accountability. So you can either come in on your own, or if you have a partner, I can work with both of you. So that is what I'm doing right now is I am just working with people one-on-one. -on -one. I also do help health coaches with their business finances to feel really confident with how they're managing them. But I would love if you would send us a message on Instagram and tell us what your favorite part of the podcast was, because I would love to know what resonated the most with you. Let me know. That would make me really, really excited. Amazing. I'll definitely share all the notes. I can say that I worked with you a little bit through a mastermind and I absolutely loved it. It was very eye-opening, especially 
talking about things that I never really thought about before in regards to my money. So definitely encourage you guys to check out Mandy. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, That was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, hope you liked the episode. And as Mandy mentioned, if there was anything that really resonated with you, definitely message her or me and let us know if there was something that stuck out that really resonated that really helped you today we love hearing back from you guys and getting your feedback on what we can improve on and what you liked and what really helped you so don't hesitate to reach out to us you can find mandy's contact in the links in the show notes and you can check out my instagram laurence.anez or my website laurence-anez.com and send me a message or just leave a review. That would also be a great way for giving us feedback and getting in touch with you guys.